Darren Matthews is a black Texas ranger, and he's all too aware of the deeply embedded racial tensions in East Texas. His personal life is in turmoil, and he's supposed to turn his badge in, but he can't help but get wrapped up in a small-town mystery. Decades-long grudges and hatred surface as he investigates, but it seems like everyone except for Darren just wants to push the racism and prejudice down instead of rooting it out. This award-winning mystery is the first in Attica Locke's Highway 59 series. Welcome to He Read, She Read, the podcast where a couple of married bookworms discuss what they're reading and learning. Today we're discussing our July buddy read, Bluebird, Bluebird by Attica Locke. I'm Curtis. And I'm Chelsea. And I absolutely loved this book so much. It's one of my new favorite series. Well, just based on the first one, I want to read the rest of the series. Um, So I'm excited to talk about it. But just a disclaimer before we get right into our discussion we're two white people, and we're about to discuss a book that deals with racism written by a black woman. So we think it's incredibly important to read and discuss books by diverse authors and people who do not look like you, do not think like you, etc. Um, but it's also important to acknowledge that our perspectives are limited, so we might miss some stuff. Keeping that in mind, we'll do our best to thoroughly discuss Bluebird. Bluebird. We won't shy away from talking about the issues that it deals with. But we'll also link to some own voices reviews and recommended reading in our show notes, which you can find at heredshered.org. So part of the backstory of us picking this book to read together is that back in October, one of the first episodes we released was about mysteries. And we quickly realized that a lot of our favorite mystery series were all by white authors. And so we did some investigating to find some mystery books by authors of color. And this was the first one that popped up on pretty much every single list that we found. Mm -hmm. Well, and we had done uh, Devil in a Blue Dress by uh, Walter Mm Mosley. So we're kind of in that same vein of um, black detective story in like this vein of uh, with racial tensions and other things going on there. And we really liked that book too. So this was kind of just building on top of that. I totally saw Walter Mosley inspiration running through this book. Didn't you get those vibes? Oh, yeah. It it seems like Darren Matthews should be played by uh, Denzel Washington. I could totally (laughs) see that. Um, I was thinking Mahershala Ali would be good. Probably more age appropriate now. Yeah. (laughs) He was also in True Detective. So I think that sort of like image was in my brain already. Yeah. Definitely even like some of the noir aspects of Walter Mosley and his writing and having a complicated main character who's not perfect, who's a broken hero in a lot of ways, I definitely saw running through this book. So I liked that connection. Mm -hmm. Okay, so maybe that covers our general thoughts. I don't know. Do you have anything to add before we dig into the book? Uh, Not really. I think I saw a lot of comparisons with devil in a blue dress which is why i brought it up in something that we've come across and i love anything that's been well recognized in like this one an edgar award and was on so many lists and it's easy to tell why um and as soon as i put it down i was ready to pick up the second one so i think that's a reigning endorsement so i'm excited to talk about it luckily we don't have long to wait the second one comes out in september and um attica Locke has written other books she has another series and a couple of maybe just one standalone we'll talk about that later though getting ahead of ourselves as per (laughs) usual 
Um, so another warning, there will be spoilers in this discussion. It's really hard to discuss a book thoroughly like this without spoiling some stuff, Mm -hmm. but just be aware of that before you listen on and let's dig in. Let's start with the main character, Darren Matthews. So Darren is a Texas Ranger who has a background in going to law school in Chicago. So he's a Texas kid and then he's up doing his thing going to law school and figuring out what he wants to do with his life and then he has this like crystallizing moment where in 1998 in jasper texas there was a white supremacist killing of a black man um where they dragged him with a vehicle um and i was looking up into the story just as like multiple of them have been well one of them has been executed and the rest of them are in jail for a very long time but it's that racially charged killing that motivates him to like not finish law school and go down this law enforcement path where he's going to be combating white supremacists and specifically the Aryan Brotherhood of Texas. That definitely, you see that as his underlying mission, but the Texas Rangers at large keep telling him to like calm down on the race stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's working with a lot of white people. Um, He's not the only black Texas Ranger. So I think he even mentions, um, I think it might have been 1986. It was his uncle that was a motivating Well, his uncle, but I'm talking like real life. Um, The first black Texas Ranger, I think, he earned his badge in the late 80s. So it's not like it's been... um, That's that's recent. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, his uncle um, was a Texas Ranger, and that's where he gets a lot of his inspiration from. But he is a definite minority in the Rangers. The tensions that he sees in Texas and that he wants to fight also exists within his organization and work against him. Yeah, because there's a lot of, like, he wants to be on the Aryan Brotherhood task force and do a lot of these, um, like, counter-narcotics and missions like that. But he's being told, look, you got to make your bones elsewhere before you're, like, dead set on this Aryan Brotherhood mission set. And they're always like, not everything is about the Aryan Brotherhood. Mm -hmm. It might not be about race. And he knows full well that it very much almost always is. But he has, he's got that laser focus of like, this is the injustice that I'm trying to write Mm -hmm. in the world. And that's what he's using his badge and his life that he's making it his mission to the detriment of his marriage and of a lot of other relationships. Yeah. So he's a complex character. He, I mean, you're rooting for him. Don't get me wrong. You want him to succeed. He's very much the good guy, but he is an alcoholic. It's it's hard to see him make poor decisions like with his drinking and stuff when you so desperately want him to succeed and to do his job well, mm-hmm. um, but his personal life is getting in the way. So his wife wants him to go back to law school, wants him to quit the Rangers, And essentially because she's worried about him and because she barely sees him, she barely spends time with him because his job takes him all over Texas, all over the state. It's, it's an intense, intense job. Mm -hmm. Well, and we meet Darren when he's on suspension for being involved with a, um, killing of a white supremacist from the Aryan Brotherhood. So like they call it the ABT. Um, so cause he was called in, um, by one of his friends and, then the guy that he was brought in to co- like confront co- turns up dead a couple days later. So 
it's a lot he's testifying and trying to figure out what's going on and while that investigation's happening he's under suspension and then we see that because he's been kicked out of his home and has a bad relationship with his wife that that has driven him to like consume so much amount of bourbon and just being this person that drowns his problems in alcohol and his mom's an alcoholic um there are a couple of scenes with her and he didn't grow up with her partly because of her alcoholism and her inability to care for him he was raised by his two uncles Mm -hmm. and you can tell i mean it's evident he idolizes them and he's so close to them his one uncle was a texas ranger he was killed that obviously left a huge impression on Darren. And then his other uncle is a lawyer. And so you can see he's trying to be the best of both of his uncles. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still a lot of pressure on his shoulders because they have huge shoes to fill. They are prominent men in their community. Um, and they put a lot of pressure on him to be a specific sort of man that they want him to be. And that they want society to view him as. Mm-hmm. You see the pressure from his uncles, from his wife, and the pressure he puts on himself. And yeah, he it results in him going through some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the story kind of kicks off where he gets a call from a buddy of his in the FBI being like, hey, there's these two murders that are happening in Lark, Texas, and trying to see if there's a connection because one of them is a black man and one of them is a white woman. And obviously the white woman one is getting more attention now. That, and he just wants to go in and see if there's anything that's connecting the two of them. And if there's a white supremacist connection and on any undertones. So he gets to Lark and meets the cast of characters that are around that town, which is very small, like less than 200 people. And he starts to unravel, okay, this is, this is where the ABT is. These are the people that are holding sway in this town. And seeing the connections between these two murders and trying to figure out how he can best solve that. Because he's not there in an official capacity. He's yeah, just he's there. not supposed to be there. Yeah. He's on a favor from a friend. Got a looming suspension going on. So it's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff about where he is trying to insert himself where he isn't invited. But because he's got this passion for combating the Aryan Brotherhood, he's just going to put himself wherever he needs to be. So I think we've talked about how fully fleshed out Darren Matthews is as a character. I just really love him as as our investigator. Yeah. I think, I mean, like you said, you put this book down, you want to pick up the other one because you want to see what he does and where he goes and how he resolves things. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about some of the side characters um, and how we think Attica Locke with writing and creating this small town they're very it's like classic small town suspicion of any outsiders and although he is black the black people of that community don't trust him because he's part of texas rangers law enforcement Mm -hmm. and they've seen that a history of law enforcement doesn't necessarily bode well for themselves Mm -hmm. what did you think of the other characters I don't know if they were as fleshed out as we got into Darren because we got a lot more on his backstory and with his, you know, he's the protagonist, so we're going to get more of that. A lot of the other characters, I felt like we were just getting right on the surface of, okay, Wally is this dude who owns most of the town and the bar where the black man who was going got, like, was going around and then he was murdered. Um, Geneva is the owner of the 
cafe and kind of doesn't trust anybody and is this typical small town woman who doesn't like trust people coming into her place of business rightfully so because her husband and her son were murdered Mm -hmm. and she sees people strangers and people she knows come in her place all the time and so you kind of you can understand why she's suspicious Mm -hmm. what was the wife's name uh michael was the black man who was killed who was from chicago and down in texas for reasons that come about later um and his wife's name who wendy no not wendy wendy is wally's wife's name (laughs) (laughs) um is it randy yeah yeah, 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 Randy. Yeah, you're bad at names. I, I think it's because I close one book and I move on to the other one so fast. I just, I mean, certain characters obviously stand out and stick in my mind. I remember, I'm gonna remember Darren, mm-hmm. but side characters, nope, they don't stick. <laughs> <laughs> no sticking power. So the two uh, murder victims are Michael and Missy. So Michael is the black man from Illinois. Missy's the small town Texas blonde girl. Um, and then Randy is Michael's wife who comes down to try to get some answers and figure out what's going on. Darren meets her still while he's in an unofficial capacity and they try to unravel what's going on. And then he gets, you know, a little bit of juice behind him from the Rangers being like, Hey, well, something is fishy going on here. We got to figure out what's going on. Now, if this were strictly a classic noir mystery novel, she would be more of a femme fatale. Darren and Randy would have gotten together. But they didn't, and I liked that they didn't, because Darren, he still is respectful of his wife, even though their marriage is on the rocks. And so you so you get a sense of who he is and that he upholds duty and honor above everything else. I also liked it because I thought it allowed for Randy to be her own person, and she was there for her husband. She wasn't there to mess around with anybody mm-hmm. and I, th- I thought it was just really that relationship was really well written and it was more modern than the like 1940s noir femme fatale like you said yeah. so I liked that relationship a lot I think I'll say while we didn't get in depth with a lot of the characters I liked the interweaved backstories because that was all very intriguing to me so Geneva who owns the cafe has been there for like 50 years owning this place as a refuge for um people of color to have food and drink and figure out what they're uh, like away from all these places that are predominantly white um and we see a a backstory from like the 1960s i'd say or 50s i don't know when that was supposed to be yeah so this book is set in what 2015 yeah 2016 yeah so then there's like this whole other backstory that takes place 50 years before where this kind of blues group has come through and um one of them ended up staying and marrying geneva and being there for the rest of his life and he ends up being murdered in a robbery five years before this book takes place um and i really liked that connection because it ends up being that Michael, who is the black man who was murdered that they're investigating, his father was part of that original crew that came through with Geneva's husband. So seeing those backstories and delving into this history of the town, I liked more than if we got fully in depth with a lot of the other characters as much as we did with Darren. How did you feel about that? Yeah, and I loved the way that the pieces were slowly revealed 
So by the end of the book, you had put all of the pieces together. Yeah, I just thought it was so well told. I mean, it was just such a perfectly crafted mystery. And I read a lot of mysteries and I predict a lot of stuff. This one, while I predicted some things, just like I said, the way that it was told and crafted was so perfect to mm-hmm. me. And it it felt like a thriller and there were some, you know, some violent parts or some sort of heart pounding parts, but it wasn't like a race to the finish necessarily. Um, it seemed like a realistic investigation. Yeah. To me, it sound or it read a lot like if people have seen Deadwood or any of these like small town westerns where you have to an outsider comes into town, you're figuring out the hierarchies and the power structures of who owns what in the town and how that plays, all while having this interwoven backstory. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed those aspects of it. Yeah, and the characters, the side characters, didn't need to be as clear as Darren Mm -hmm. because you could substitute it for any small town in Texas, maybe even in America, um, certainly in the South, and have it be the same with different characters substituted in. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the point. What really mattered was that our we knew our hero thoroughly, especially Mm -hmm. in this first book. And it's it very much reads like the lead up to the rest of a series. I mean, by the end of the book, you know you're on a cliffhanger, so to speak. But Mm -hmm. even throughout, you feel like, okay, we're getting this introduction to a guy that we're going to be invested in for a few books. Mm -hmm. And I liked that. Yeah. Did you almost kind of get the feeling or get the sense of like, hmm, maybe he will be like um, Easy Rollins and he'll quit the Texas Rangers and he'll just be a PI and he'll just investigate? No, um, because I feel like if he was going to quit, he would, because he's so duty bound and has this sense of honor that he would have decided, you know, I've done all I can. I'm just going to hang it up and go home and go to pasture, so to speak. But he's not that type of a guy. Like he still sees the injustice that's happening and knows that he can do something to combat it. And it isn't really like he's just got that itch where he sees something and has to right the wrong. To me, it seems like he's still holding on to that, like proving himself to his uncle's memory or however you want to phrase it, but he's not willing to let go is part of what makes him a good investigator, but also means that he's suffering in his relationship with his wife. I mean, he's he's more married to the Texas Rangers. Than that's he is his, to that's Lisa. his love. Yeah. That's the love of his life. That's the part I liked about is you can very clearly see the pull on him from an emotional and a like who am I and identity aspect but then he's put into this distraction where he has to solve these murders and then he just gets so laser focused on that he does and I think part of what I enjoyed about this book was that he's struggling with his black and white sense of justice there's one right way versus one wrong way and where he fits in that sort of law enforcement versus the gray area of justice of what's right or wrong in the human moral sense mm-hmm. versus what's right or wrong by the law. Right. Because And he's really struggling with that as a black man in this area that the law is against him, but he's a member of the law. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's very clear in the later part where they arrest 
some like a prospective member of the ABT for both murders, and he's looking at it being like, this doesn't make sense. Like it, one of them, yes, for sure he did it, but then the other one, it doesn't make sense that he would have done it. So he's still, even though it would be easy to completely wrap it up in that nice little bow, being like, and just hey, be like, well, we caught one member yeah. of the ABT, and we're just gonna hang both murders on him, and it'll make it simple. He's he can't let it go, and he's just got to be like, hey, this isn't it doesn't add up yeah so that's what i liked about him is he still got that innate sense of right and wrong and it's just he can't compromise on that let's talk about that in relation to the end because i think we've interwoven talking about plot and character a lot here i don't think we've spoiled a ton so i don't know if we need to talk about too much more plot here comes big spoiler though let's talk about the end and how that sense of justice leads him to potentially have made a really big mistake. So the very end of the book, his mom shows up because he had asked her to go clean out his home. She cleans it out and she finds that he buried, what was it, a .38? So did you he read buried that? A pistol. Did you read that as he was the one that hid the handgun or that Mac, his friend that had been accused of murdering the white supremacist, had hidden it on his property and just planted the tree? Either way, it was under Darren's direction. Well, yeah. And Darren's, if Mac hit it, Darren's the one who told him to do it. Yeah. I feel like that was a little bit back and forth. Like it could have been either way on it. So either way, Darren's, I would say Darren is responsible Mm -hmm. for that. And so now his mom, who really doesn't have a good relationship with him, doesn't necessarily, um, really only likes to have him around because he gives her money. Yep. Um, She's got this piece for blackmail, Mm -hmm. and it could absolutely ruin his career, could place him in jail, um, could ruin his life. And I just, I found it such a perfect ending and so propulsive to want to pick up the next book. And it's almost like you get this peek into him that he, throughout the whole book, he didn't let us see before because he is so obsessed with justice he's obsessed with upholding the law he wants to do right by everybody and yet we see that he had he does have his own sense of justice Mm -hmm. and that maybe he let his own intuition and instinct win over what he thought would be right by the law Mm -hmm. um i i just loved that ending so much and it's i mean it didn't shock me because I knew that when they were going to go search his house and he told his mom to clean up, I knew something was going to happen. I knew she would find something, that something was there that he, I don't know. I just knew something was going to come out of that. But it was surprising yeah. to me. And it was a perfect twist ending. It adds more complexity to him as a character. And you kind of see why he's been plaguing with this drinking problem and figuring out all this other stuff because on the one hand he wants to be this idealistic vision of a law enforcement agent but then he also knows that this is what i did to cover up a potential crime that my friend committed so and that's like his like street justice mentality of going against the and the abt so while we've been doing yard work or organizing our books in our new house or grilling out we've been doing a lot of audiobook listening lately 
Libro FM is our favorite audiobook subscription service, and for our listeners, they're offering three audiobooks for the price of one. You can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including new releases, current bestsellers, and recommendations from booksellers around the country. And when you set up your account, you can choose to support your local independent bookstore. With Libro FM, you get to listen to amazing audiobooks and support community. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, Libro FM has excellent curated lists to choose from, plus bookseller recommendations. Listeners of Hear It, She Read podcast get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. That's three audiobook credits for the price of one. We've made the switch to Libro.fm and hope you will too. Go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter the promo code HRSR or go through the link in our show notes. With each listen, take pride in knowing you're supporting local bookstores. I'm super excited to continue with the series. Let's talk a little bit more about the writing style. Um, One thing that I think kept me so hooked on this book was how atmospheric it was. Mm -hmm. Now, we lived in Oklahoma for a little bit, and we traveled down to Texas a little bit. But we've never lived there. We didn't grow up there, so Texas still feels a little foreign to me. (laughs) (laughs) But I felt like I was there the entire time that I was reading. And it was so completely atmospheric in the sense that you could feel the heat, you could feel the dry air, and you could see the foliage or lack thereof. You could sort of almost like taste the dirt in the air on your tongue. I mean, all of that I thought was so well written. What I really liked was, I think we've addressed it earlier, was was how different people from this town can re- like interact with Darren, and you can see the historical aspects of racism. Where, um, like, it would be the elderly black woman who looks at him and, like, you can't really do anything for justice. Like, you're kind of just a token for them trying to put a, an, a black person in the Texas Rangers, but you really can't impact or change. And then, like, the small town sheriffs and deputies who look on him like he's a less than and don't... Even though he outranks them. Well, it's just different jurisdictional stuff, but y- y- you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, where they look at him like he's doesn't contribute. He's a less than human person. Um, and then you also see the far extremes where it's these white supremacists that still are thrown around. They have a hit out on his life. Mm-hmm. They're and, trying to kill him. Yeah. Um, one of the scenes that sticks in my mind really vividly is when he's at Wally's house and the sheriff agreed to meet him there. And Darren, it's within his rights as a ranger to request materials on the case. So he requests the autopsy reports and he's trying to go about it politely because that's what his boss told him to do and said, don't create waves. He could go in there and demand it and take what he needs. Um, But the sheriff keeps calling him son Mm -hmm. and um darren keeps correcting him Mm -hmm. ranger sir you know Mm -hmm. um and it it keeps happening and then it happens later on in the book and that's just something that i think so speaks volumes about the race relations and that's i mean calling someone son is a very southern thing but just i think it speaks volumes about race relations in the country at large but that that scene just sticks in my mind so much. Well, it's also just very representative of small town Texas or small town southern places where like your local county sheriff is like has this elevated stature 
and then if an outsider comes in and tries to like but I don't think if around. a white outsider came in, he'd be calling him son. No, no, no. But I'm saying like it's both of them where it's got the duality of like this is how a small town hierarchy works and then sure. also throwing in the racial structure. Yeah. So I feel like both of those things are happening at the same time. Oh, yeah. They're both operating. Yeah. It's the same thing like if you watched like Justified or read any of like Elmore Leonard's stories where it's like small town Appalachia um, where the local law enforcement has a different relationship with the people than like if a federal person came in it's the same thing where like because he's state law enforcement and this upper echelon there's a little bit of that distrust and compound it with the fact that he's black makes it just that much different yeah you make a good point because i do think you could have a a book about a white ranger that came into a small town and maybe the small town doesn't trust him certainly it wouldn't be as layered as this Mm -hmm. with all of the racial tension and um i think this is probably just so much more realistic of east texas and one other thing that stands out to me is that so many times when well darren would bring up um either in his sort of flashbacks or as people were talking people dismiss the racism as, oh, well, that's Texas. Mm-hmm. Or like, mm, Texas again. And he talks about how he loves Texas. He grew up there and he cares about that state and he cares about where he lives. And he could go up to Chicago, be a lawyer, and potentially not deal with the overt racism. He'd still deal with racism up there. Um, but that he loves Texas and he doesn't want to be driven out by racists. Mm-hmm. He wants to make the land that he loves a better place. Right. And I found that message so timely. This book is incredibly political without talking about politics. And I think that I really liked that aspect of the book. Mm-hmm. Like he's really working hard in his area of influence to make it better. Mm-hmm. So that's... A respectable thing and compare that to like other detectives or other thriller characters or protagonists um he's really invested in his local area and wants to make texas better and has this focus on like hey i know the abt's around i'm gonna do whatever i have to do to get in a position where i can change that and it sounds like the next book in the series deals with the abt as well so we're gonna see him continue on his crusade and um i'm i'm really excited for it which i think i've said already (laughs) can you tell that i love this book (laughs) let's talk about some other book recommendations that are in the same vein yeah i would recommend the dry by jane harper which i think we've recommended maybe like 10 times already on this podcast but the atmospheric writing very much comes through in that book um, where you can feel the setting and it makes it a huge part of the book experience. Also, the um, person returning to their small town and dealing with the politics of a community has that element as well in the dry. And then I would recommend for nonfiction, The Warmth of Other Suns by Isabel Wilkerson. There are some allusions to the Great Migration in Bluebird, Bluebird, and I think in order to understand the history of America, The Warmth of Other Suns is an incredibly great 
book. It's nonfiction and it's got a lot of historical detail, but it's told in a narrative format that's super engaging. I've been slow, super slowly reading it and I'm maybe halfway through, but I really, really do like it and I want to recommend that book. So I already talked about uh, Elmore Leonard and Raylan Givens a little bit. Um, so if you, anybody's seen the TV show that was on FX, it's called Justified. So Timothy Oliphant plays this U.S. Marshal um, that uh, just always wears a Stetson like Darren and walks around and has this like old school justice western like or old old school sense of like western justice. Um, he goes back to his small town that he's from in Kentucky and tries to get in with the politics of what's happening. And there's also a white supremacist angle with that. Um, so if people have either seen the show or wanted some more in that, um, the original books that feature Raylan Givens are Pronto, and then he re- uh, wrote another one called Raylan, um, if you're into like that Western mindset. Or just watch the show. The show's fantastic. Um, if you want a little bit more of a backstory on... Darren and how what it's like being a black man in law enforcement. Um, I'd say go with Black Gun Silver Star, which is about um, Frontier Marshal Bass Reeves, and that's by Art Burton. So Bass Reeves was born a slave in Arkansas, and then after the Civil War became a U.S. Marshal in Oklahoma and kind of the Western Territory. Um, he's credited with arresting like 3,000 felons, killing 14 people, and being one of the inspirations for the Lone Ranger. So that story is very important for understanding Darren's mentality of, hey, I'm an outsider in this community, but I'm still working hard to make my community better. And belonging to Texas mm-hmm. and belonging to the West. Right. And I think Bass Reeves shows that the history of the West is not all white. And Darren, you make a good point that like, is a, there's a straight line from Bass Reeves to Darren Matthews. I Mm -hmm. love that. So, and I know there's a couple of projects in the works concerning Bass Reeves. Like I think Morgan Freeman is is executive producing something for HBO and Amazon is trying to put together a mini series about him, but not a lot of people know about him, but they should. And I think there's a drunk history episode about him with with Jaleel White. So if you're, if you need a little bit of humor while learning about some history, go go with that. Um. So, Curtis, are you going to read the second book? Of course I'm going to read the second book. <laughs> I, I feel like this is in that same Walter Mosley, Easy Rollins vein where I'm going to pick up the... I've already got the next two in that series, and as soon as this one comes out, I'll read it. I'm into it. Like, it, he's different than, like, a Raylan Givens, who is, like, a superior, like always ends up in gunfights and is like this ultra like shoot 'em up type of a law enforcement guy. Darren is more like a flawed alcoholic who still is a very good investigator and has these pulling tensions on his life. And I like that for more of an emotional complexity sense. Yeah, I think we'll deal with even more of that in the second book as he deals with his alcoholism, as he tries to get back together with his wife. And then of course deals with the drama of his mom and the blackmail that she has over him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I'll also pick up Attica Locke's other books. So I'm especially interested in her other series. Jay Porter is the main character and he's a lawyer. So I think that will be similar to Bluebird Bluebird in the sense that 
Um, Darren Matthews went to law school, so there's a lot of, like, law, legal jargon and stuff involved, but it's super accessible. Attica Locke writes it really well. Um, And then um, The Cutting Season is one of her other books that I would like to read, so I think I'll definitely pick those up. Let's go ahead and give our recommendations of the week. This is the segment where we recommend usually what we're watching on TV. Sometimes it's a book, sometimes it's a podcast that we're listening to, but just to give you a little dose of entertainment outside of books. So what would you like to recommend? Uh, Well, we've been on a Phoebe Waller-Bridge kick lately. So she was the creator and writer on Fleabag, which we both really loved, especially the second season. Um, And same for writing and development on Killing Eve. And so we picked up and started watching Crashing on Netflix, which was only a one season show that she created for them, but is very funny about a group of 20 somethings that are essentially squatting in an old hospital. And I think she's just very good at writing sexual tension and also like hilarious gags and stuff so i'll recommend something on hulu we watched the ask dr ruth documentary on hulu the other night and i think we were expecting i don't know we were expecting because it kept coming up in commercials for us when we were watching love island (laughs) (laughs) and um she's hilarious she's this tiny little german woman um and she's a sex therapist and she was prominent on talk shows and television in the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. Um, But this documentary is all about her life, and her life is fascinating. Well, she survived the Holocaust, number one, um, and her parents both were killed by the Nazis, and then she was in Israel during um, the uprisings there in the 60s and trained as a militia sniper and had both of her legs almost blown off. And then she went to school and became a sex therapist and was on radio and TV. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I highly recommend watching it. It's especially if you are the kind of reader who loves nonfiction, memoir, biography, history. All of that is in this show. And she's a remarkable woman and also so sweet and warm and loving. And I really love what she stands for in addition to her life being fascinating. So Definitely recommend watching that. I think it was maybe an hour and a half. Yeah. It was a full-length documentary, but it was watchable within one evening. Mm -hmm. I liked when they brought up her old boyfriend, in quotation marks, from when they were in Switzerland. Oh my goodness, he was so cute! (laughs) Yeah, and she's really cute and funny. All right, well, that was our discussion on Bluebird, Bluebird. Um, Our buddy read for August is going to be Montana 1948 by Larry Watson. Uh, so this was one of our recommendations from What Should I Read Next when we were on with Anne Vogel. So we're looking forward to that. I feel like we've been putting it off for a little bit. Just Well, it's set in the summertime, and so we wanted to read it in the summer. But also, we loved The Song of Achilles so much, which Anne recommended to us. And I think we've been hesitant to pick up our other recommendations because we want them to be just as good. <laughs> no pressure, Anne. <laughs> well, no pressure, Montana 1948. Um, for everyone out there, you can connect with us via social media or email with your questions. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at he read, she read, or you can email us he read, she read podcast at gmail.com. You can also sign on as a patron at patreon.com slash he read, she read. 
Uh, monthly episodes for bonus content are going to be our reading wrap-ups and other episodes that we come up with. Yeah, Patreon's a fun spot. Um, for only three bucks a month, you get bookmarks in the mail and a monthly newsletter, our buddy read extras. So that's like extra articles and content related to our buddy read. So this month you'll get stuff about Bluebird, Bluebird. What else? Our, yeah, our bonus episodes are the monthly reading wrap-ups. We just both talk about what we read that month. Thank you all so much for listening. And remember, the couple that reads together... Spends three bucks to get some He Read, She Read bookmarks together. There you go.